Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carl Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by Big Ben Dessert. Today I have another special guest with me today. He is an all-star selection from the East Coast Basketball League. Plays for the Let It Fly Web Dogs, Mr. Khalid Wanamaker. How you doing? Good, yeah. Good, I can't complain, man. Thank you for taking the time to you know, sit down with me. Um, first off, let me say congratulations on your um, all-star selection. So how does that feel to, uh, to be recognized by your peers? It's a blessing come true. Uh, put in a lot of hard work and dedication to um, you know, just continue to put in, put in the work, and we'll just go from there. So for people watching this that may not know, you, you probably have some more insight to it. Um, than I do. But what exactly is the East Coast Basketball League? Uh, it's like a league that runs up and down the East Coast. You know, a lot of good teams get you good looks. Possibly go overseas, NBA G League, get college scouts. You know, had a lot of um, good benefits from it. You know, it's a good opportunity for young kids like me that didn't really have the opportunity to go somewhere to get back on track. Mm-hmm. So these guys that you go up against, um, or they these are, you know. College athletes or guys that's coming back from overseas or like the guys that are in the league, like where where do they come from? Uh, it's pretty, it's kind of a mix of a lot. We got some, like I'm gonna mention Sean Barnett. Kind of went overseas, mm-hmm. played in the G League, played a lot of couple places. Um, good college scouts. Uh, you know, got college players from all over, and then you got people like me that just you know got good talent but never really had the opportunity to play. So. Mm-hmm. So how how did you actually become part of the league? Like, were you just playing like uh, recreation ball, and then you seen an opportunity come open? Like, how did you actually become a part of you know? Uh, me team? and my longtime friend um, Dominique Quiller was talking about getting a team together, and about I say about three or four years ago, and then about twenty twenty one is when we actually started it. That was like our little pro am team. That then around this time during the beginning of the year. We finally got a team together, and then we put it together and went from there. So did y'all play, like, all year round, or was it just, like, you just finding, like, different leagues to join at first? Like, how was all of that? Because I know you said y'all, y'all came together and put the idea together, but, like, how did y'all, you know, piece everything together? Was it just, like, just going from just finding, like, little games to just play in or just, like, finding different leagues? Like, how, how was it? Uh, in a couple, I didn't play in a couple of different leagues, but the team as, as a whole – Played in a couple of leagues. I played in the Modern League, a couple of Charlotte program games, and I believe a couple of games around the city. So just a little mm-hmm. bit everywhere. So you guys just wrapped up your first season in the in the East Coast Basketball League. Now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect, like how did you view overall like your first season um, as a team being in the, in this league? Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't accomplish everything we wanted to do first year. You know, it was mm-hmm. a lot of up and downs. Uh, had to keep finding new players, you know, different schemes. But as a whole, it was a good experience, you know. Um, great, great combat, you know. Fought through a lot of up and downs as a whole. It felt like it went good. Mm-hmm. I saw where you averaged 34 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists on 50% shooting. Um, looking on, look, just looking at those numbers, those are MVP caliber numbers, especially like in, in any league that you play in. Did you ever get to a point where you going into these games where you were just thinking about uh like try, just trying to keep your numbers up that way for any kind of notoriety or anything or was it just more about you know just focusing on the game and helping your team win? Uh, I would say focusing on the game. At, throughout the game, it just came naturally, just being you know 
the primary score of the team. It just going through the offense, those numbers just kind of came naturally. But I wouldn't say I ever wanted mm-hmm. to keep the numbers up. They just kind of came naturally. When I, when I watch you guys' games, the games that I covered, I always felt like, you know, like you said, you could pick your spots throughout. You would pick your spots throughout the game, and there might be times where you may need to be more aggressive to keep you guys um, into these games and whatnot. Um, did the guys on the team ever just tell you, hey, you know, don't worry about us, just go get your numbers and, you know, help us get to the finish line? Or were they just, um, or that, were there points where they told you to be more aggressive? Kind of more points they told me to be more aggressive. Sometimes I would come too passive, you know, kind of make a little error here and there, just trying to make the right read and thinking too much about it. But most of it just kind of be more aggressive and, you know, help us get the win. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a little bit. Um, so where, where did you actually – so you, you born and raised – I think you were showing me the, the jerseys for uh, for another upcoming game. Um, so you were born and raised here in Spartanburg? Yes, sir, born and raised. Mm-hmm. So what 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 position did you play in in high school? Um, I would say two and three mostly. Mm-hmm. A little bit of the four, but never played the one one and five. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna ask you what, because uh, for, for you guys for the for the web dogs, you you did run uh, point quite often. Did you feel more comfortable playing at a particular position, like the, the two or the three, or even at the one? Like, did you have like a pr- particular position that you feel more comfortable um, playing? Uh, I. I probably, probably feel more comfortable at the two, three, you know, just working off ball. But playing the one just kind of helped me get a feel of getting my teammates involved, you know, opening up the court for everybody else. And then after getting them involved, you can't double anybody. So after that, just I can work out and get my own space and get shots up like that. Mm-hmm. When, when you first – when this league – when you guys first joined this league, like what initially was like your um, – your intentions? Was it to, you know, just play for the love of the game or were you just looking for other opportunities, you know, to continue to play like at the collegiate level? Uh, I would say kind of both. I just love the game, just love playing. But at the same time, I know with my talent, I can play at the next level overseas or collegiate and see what I can do, take it, take it to the next level from there. After high school, did you have like any ideas? Like was it, did you, you graduate from Spumberg, did you go play college ball right away after that, or was it like you took a little break before trying to figure out like your next move? Uh, I went to college after high school. Uh, I went to JUCO. I was on the team, but I didn't play because I didn't get to finish the year out. So it didn't count towards my eligibility. So I, you could kind of say I took a break in between and then just kind of worked through the off season, got my body together and just stayed in shape. What what did that, your brief stint at, at JUCO, um, what did you learn from from that overall experience? Because now you're playing against some, you're playing with and against other guys. So the guys that you you, you practice against, these are some of the best players on their old high school teams as well. So now y'all are all together, kind of like putting together like another all star team with all you guys being the best from your high school teams. What experience did you take away from from that um, while you were still at JUCO? Uh, I would say, you know, as being the best player coming from high school. And then joining the college with more best players from the old high school, you just got to find different ways to impact the game. Everybody can't be the number one scorer, and you know everybody can't average thirty. So just impact the game off playing defense, playmaking. You know, even being on the bench, on the last person on the bench, you're clapping your teammates, cheering on. Mm-hmm. Just finding different ways to pick your teammates up and then impact the game off that. What did they do for you mentally? You know, 
being in that type of position, like you're saying, like in high school, like one of the best guys on your team, but now you're competing with the best of the best. Like, did it do anything to you mentally? Like, man, these guys are, are just as good as I am or maybe a little bit quicker or, or faster than I am or jump a little bit more, more athletic. Like, what did they do anything to you mentally, you know, going up against some of these guys that are playing at, at a high, high level? Uh, it was, you know, kind of mentally challenging. Got to stay with it, you know. It's going to be ups and downs. Don't get too depressed or, you know, try to deprive yourself to go up against these guys, you know. Um, just stay with it, compete, and then just see what you can take it from there. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you're more of a um, – because for me, just, you know, just being around you the times that I've been around you and having a conversation with you, you, you to me you're very humble. Like I can say you're not overly aggressive. Um, but would you say you're more of a lead by example type player or or more of like a vocal leader like when you're in the huddle? Uh, lead by example, but as from planning the ECBL, if I want to go to the next level, got to become more vocal. So as of, over time, I get better. But as of right now, lead by example. So we were speaking earlier um, about some, some other opportunities. Um, you said, you know, Putting up the numbers you're putting up, it definitely helps you get recognized. Um, what are some opportunities that um, came about that you can share as far as, like, uh, scholarship-wise going to play at another level? Um, what are some things that, that would have been coming your way? Um, I would say, let's see. As far as scholarships, you know, I got a couple of them. You know, uh, take it day by day. Don't want to make a decision too fast. But in some sense, you know, I don't want to waste too much time. Right. Uh, and then just hopefully can get the best opportunity I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does that go about? Well, this process being in this league, do you do you take your footage and send it out, or these these scouts coming to the games, or how how are, how are they? Um, does the league do anything to like help promote you guys as well as far as like helping you get those scholarships? Um, you kind of take your own footage and you know you can make your own highlight tape or you can get a cameraman to make it for you. You send it out. But depending on some teams you are, some teams got bigger names, bigger sponsors, you know, scouts coming to their own mm-hmm. games and see what they all have. Um, but for me, I had to, you know, kind of get my own tape, send it out because we're a first year team. So we didn't really have the scouting and the recruitment and sponsors of all that. But for the most part, it's just kind of, you know, in between. And then they have awards, pages, and, you know, put you out for recognition and stuff like that. So kind of a little bit of mm-hmm. everything. Can you share a little bit about some of the teams, you know, like you said, some teams that have been interested in you? Because I think it's great for the league to let, for, to let guys know who maybe want to get another second chance or another run at, you know, playing at the collegiate level or overseas. Um, I think it helps benefit the league overall if you could just share some of the some of the, the teams or schools that you're uh, potentially looking at. Uh, I would say, you know, I've been talking to Georgia Southern, Cleveland Community, uh, Gardner-Webb is coming up, uh, Johnson C. Smith, you know, a couple more schools. Uh, ECBL, if you want to go to the next level, great start, you know, uh, help you get to the next level, and then you just got to put in the work and stay dedicated. When you get ready to make your decision, um, what are some things that you look for um, as far as, like, a school that fits you and, and your needs? 
Uh, I would say just the uh, culture, you know, surroundings. I always look at the surroundings, make sure I want to put myself in a bad environment, you know, people around me. You know, I'm not really too picky off people, but, you know, just don't want to put myself around the bad people, you know, be in the wrong spot at the wrong time type stuff, and then just go from there. Have you um, – do you have a – school in particular that you're leaning more towards even though the decision may not be final just yet but is it one that you're kind of like starting to lean more towards and like what are the things that they're um offering you uh yeah i'm kind of leaning towards a certain school uh went down there to a visit and i saw the campus you know coaches was pretty i like the coaches players is good you know nice facility you know coaches it's a brotherhood and family over there who would you say um for, for, we'll go before I ask you that question. Like, back to the the season with the uh, ECBL, what would you say was like probably like the the hardest part of the season for you? Uh, just I would say probably the midst of the season. After around the first first five games, it started to get a little you know irritating and hard just because of all the up and downs we was going through as a team. But just didn't give up and stayed with it and kept fighting. Yeah, you played a, a a heavy amount of minutes. Did that did that help you as well as far as like the benefits of all that condition? Do you feel like this um was a more conditioning as opposed to, you know, playing at a JUCO or like how how do you compare like that conditioning for you? Uh I feel like playing a lot of minutes, heavy load, I feel like it helped me a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, my entire life I've been playing kind of, you know, heavy minutes, so I was pretty used to it, but it was an NBA game on format, so around about the first after the first round, about two or three games, I got used to it, and we just went from there and kind of stayed mm-hmm. with it. You know, the games that I was at, like I was saying, you know, you guys had to juggle different rotations. Um, some guys not be, may not be able to make it at every game. Um, how do you view that as like you know playing with these, uh, playing with different rotations and plugging different guys in um, to in different places, did that? Do you feel like they helped you grow as a player? You know, just playing with different guys and still trying to learn and get a feel for them. Um, you know, uh, mixing up these different rotations. Do you feel like they kind of helped you out as a player as well? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I would say that. Uh, you know, playing with a lot of different rotations and players. You know, not only helped me, but as a team, it helped us. You know, sometimes I might be in a different position. You know, might not always be at the two three or sometimes the one, might have to play the four, you know, um, it just helped me be a team player better overall, you know, you know, different rotations and might not, sometimes I might not be a scorer, might have to impact the game off being a defender, playmaker, mm-hmm. you know, scrappy guy, just all sorts, you know. I saw a, 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 a post not long ago showing where you had a, a game where you dropped like 51 points. Talk about your mindset going into that game, and uh, like, like what what was going through your mind is like as you were going through it, and you dropped fifty one points. Like, talk about talk about that overall game and your mindset. Uh, going through that on the, the ride down there is what kind of got me motivated. And what um, did y'all play it? Uh, King Street. King we played Street. Bishop. We was supposed to play at Bishopville Devils. We was supposed to play at Bishopville, but it got moved to King Street. About yeah. thirty minutes from Bishopville. Oh, okay, so that's about about a good two and a half three hour ride. Yeah, three I've hours. been down there before. Yep. Uh, but it was the the drive that got me motivated, you know. We was already shorthanded, you know. We didn't have a lot of our top players, you know, injuries, just due to unavailability, you know. 
went down at around about seven players, you know. Just wanted to, you know, be aggressive, try to do as much as possible to help our team win, and then also keep my teammates involved and um, get the rebounds and assists, play make a lot. Hmm. Did you even know at that time, like, because clearly you had to be, like, in the zone. Did you did you know kind of like you were getting close to pushing, like, once you hit 40 or 45, 50? Did you understand, like, okay, I got a, a certain amount of points? Did you understand, like, did you write at 50, 51 points? Uh, I would say probably second half, third quarter, third and fourth, actually. I would probably say I was I knew I had to be somewhere between 40, 45, and 50s. First half, I probably had around 20, you know, maybe 15 or so, but second half was where I really turned it up. And then probably about halfway through the fourth, I, I realized I had around about 40, 50. Post-game, what, what do your peers uh, say about you? Because clearly they see the numbers that you're putting up. Um, do, you, do you feel like they go into these games, like trying to strategize against particularly slowing you down when you're putting up these type of numbers? Uh, I don't want to sound cocky, but sometimes I would say so. Just off how when the game starts, how, how they defend me, you know, they'll throw um, two or three bodies at me, switch up and go to a zone, you know, full court press. Sometimes even a boxer one, so sometimes I feel like, you know, in some games they strategize to, you know, contain me and then live with the rest of the results. Do these guys, like, give you a lot of props, like, post-game, just like because of all the work that you're doing? Do you, how do you feel like your peers' um, reception is towards you? Uh, I feel like it's mutual respect, you know, post-game. I get a lot of love from the players, coaches, you know, fans from opposing teams. Um, it's never been a time where I went to a game and the other team said anything bad about me. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the most part, it's been mutual respect and love. What do you feel like you've improved most as a player, like overall for this whole season? Like, what do you feel like you've improved the most? Uh, being a team player, you know, uh, becoming a better playmaker than I was originally. I would kind of say I've always been good at scoring and defending, but I feel like I took a big leap from from the, on the defensive end this year. Mm -hmm. Who would you say? Uh, if it's a player in the in the league that you would say you kind of like now or in the past kind of like pattern your game after, what what player would you say that would be that you kind of like pattern your game after? Uh, I would say probably a mixture of Paul George, KD, and Damian Lillard. You don't think he the goat though, do you? Uh, Paul George, because you nah, my goat is KD. So. KD, yes, yeah, because I was gonna say uh, Brandon Miller when they asked him about you know he plays for the Hornets now. And he was asking him about his GOAT debate, um, like who the GOAT was. And he said, uh, Paul George. Which is somebody I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of. Like, I mean, he's a good, really good player, but, you know. Don't have the accolades. It's just all statistics right. to meet up to the standards. And plus it's all about, you know, like the time that he was born. So Brandon Miller, he's probably about, what, 19, 20? Yeah, so he didn't get a chance. He didn't see Michael Jordan play uh, or when Kobe was playing, he kind of like he saw Kobe growing um, as he got older. But you know, it's all about that age group that you're in. So like now, now that he's able to see like Paul George play consistently and still play now, it's all about that that age group. So I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say you know Paul George is good, but he's definitely a, a really good player. But you know, KD, Paul George, those definitely are some um, good comparisons. Um, 
talking a little bit about the uh, the All Star game before we um, transition, we're gonna talk some more hoops. I want to just get your um, opinion on a few different things. Like, do you know how did the the voting process go? Was it like players, coaches? Like, what do you know what went into like the voting process for the All Star game? I believe it was a collective of players and coaches. I'm not really too sure, but I, I know the coaches had an insight on it. I believe some players around too, but I feel like it was a kind of a collective process. And mm-hmm. then I was notified about maybe a week ago that I was attending it. So, mm-hmm. what was that feeling like when you got that uh, that call or message that you were gonna be in that All Star game? Uh, it was a you know dream come true. You know, I never personally been a part of an All Star game because growing up we didn't have that around in middle school and high school. But playing at the next level semi pro so for the first year. So it was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And you also said you were um, right before we got started. You were. Um, in the in the uh, running for league rookie of the, rookie of the year as well. Talk talk a little bit about that. How that how does that feel? You know, being nominated for that as well. Uh, it's another um, opportunity in disguise. You know, worked so hard for these moments. You know, just trying to make it out. You know, put a name for myself. You know, put a name for the city. You know, get us on the map. It's a lot of good talent out here. You know, not only I can do this, but it's a lot of other good kids. So. Mm. So is the is the All Star so the All Star game is July the eighth? Yes, sir. Is it any? Are they are they doing like any other events like a dunk contest, three point? Uh, All Star game. All Star game is at five. Coaches game, I believe, at three. Um, three point contest and awards. Awards. They give out awards, I think, too. Uh, three point contest is at three. No four, and then they do awards in between, kind of. And then it's mm-hmm. part of five six hour event, so it's pretty okay. much a lot. But I don't believe it's a dunk contest though. Do you do they have the, the rosters finalized as far as like who's on who, which which yes, players on each teams um, for the All Star game? Yes, sir. So do you is there anybody that you see on your roster that um, that you're familiar with, or you may look forward to you know playing with? Is there anybody that you have in mind? Um, Nah, I'm not really. I'm not too really. I would say probably one, maybe two, but for the most part, I ain't really talked to any of them because I didn't know anybody in the league since I was a, you know, first year player. So, what do you want to get out of that experience? You know, going to that All Star game on on July eighth. What do you ultimately want to come from that overall experience? Uh, obviously, I do want to win it. You know, maybe get MVP, try to win the three point contest. But for the most part, just going out there, having fun, enjoying this event. You know. Can't get it back, you know. Once it happens, it's over. Uh, just you know, go out there and have a good time and you know make it a memorable night. Mm-hmm. So after after the All Star game, um, I know you of course you still love the game of basketball. Like what's what's next after that? Is it um, playing in different leagues or is it just strictly about you know preparing and you know go play ball at the uh, collegiate level? Uh, I would say you know just working in the off season, preparing for the um, collegiate level or whomever I may go to, uh, you know, lifting weights, staying in shape, but also still playing the leads. So skills to stay sharpened. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, I want to switch switch gears a little bit um, and just like let you talk a little bit about, talk about the game of basketball overall and like the stuff that's uh, going on in the NBA. But um, starting out, you know, you're talking about some of the guys you patting your game after. Would you say, who was your overall favorite player? Uh, Kevin Durant. 
KD? Like, what what makes you? Is it is it just the score? Like the score machine? Is KD? Like, what's what makes him so uh, special to you, and what make him stand out as your uh, favorite player? Well, I've been watching KD since college, since he came from I believe Texas. Texas yeah, yeah. Uh, so whenever since then I've been watching him. I just obviously it's the scoring, you know, the style of his game, you know, just not flashy, just straight to the point, you know, mentality. No, no, too, not too much talking. Just all about business. So that's how I pretty. Did much. you did you feel any type of way when he decided to you know leave OKC and go to Golden State, joining uh, that team? Not really, but then again, in some sense, I did want him to you know win with OKC, considering that it was up three one. Right, right. Then again, you know. You got to do what's best for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's a business at the end of the day. There's yeah. no loyalty in the business. So. Exactly. It's a, at the end of the day, it's still a business. If these teams want to move on from you, they'll move you without even giving you a heads up at right. times. But a player like KD, he definitely going to have, like, control of, like, what moves he want to make. It was surprising. But, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, you want to win because, like you said, nowadays they'll bash you for saying, well, you were a great player, but you didn't get you a didn't ring. Win, right. So now that he has two rings, it's almost like they like, yeah, well, you got two rings, but you had to go to state, go to go to state to give. So it's almost like a, a lose lose situation. Right. For KD, now they still in a uh, prime position now with another chance with um, with them, with KD and, and picking up Bradley Beal. How do you feel about? What do you think about going into next season as far as like KD and Phoenix? Um, I know that's your guy. So what do you think is going is going to happen for them? It's still a lot to be played out because of free agency, you know, will be starting up soon. But some of the moves that have been made, like, what do you think is going on for Phoenix? Um, uh, they're not in too much of a bad spot. But in some sense, that Bradley Bill trade did, you know, take up a lot of cap space. Yeah. With the contract that he was on with the um, Wizards. So, I would say I would I, – so, the trade is okay. But me personally, I didn't like the trade. I would have, you know, kept Chris Paul – and then kind of sign more role players such as Dylan Brooks for defense because that's what they need desperately yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Another big man, you know, DeAndre Ayton's okay, but, you know, inconsistent. you want a big man that's going to play with heart and integrity. So, Right. But hopefully they can get it done with the roster they got now, but I don't really see it. Lack of depth, no defense, yeah. no bench players. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be hard for them. I think a lot of people just look at the names – Instead of like looking at an actual overall team, they just focus on like the, the star players. Like, yeah, KD, Book, and Bradley Beal, they're going to get you buckets. But like you said, it's a long season. So you still, like, once one person gets injured, like, who's going to pick up that slack? Right. So it's a lot that goes into building a team. But most people only focus on like the key players of their team. So I think they got a good chance. Me personally, I had an interview with my friend KB a couple weeks ago. And one of my predictions, I felt like, well, I was like, I think what they should do is – because I do think Chris Paul is, like, on the downside. Now, which he's still an all-time great player, point guard, I was like – I went on and out on the limb and just saying maybe you move Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and get Damian Lillard and Nurkic. Right. But that looked like it's not going to happen now because Chris Paul is in Golden State. But I think Phoenix, they still got to add a couple more pieces – um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see when free agency, you know, um, plays out. You know, right now, I still like, to a certain degree, I still probably would say, even though I don't like Golden State picking up Chris Paul, to me that didn't make sense. But if those teams just went head-to-head, I think I would still lean towards Golden State if they can bring back Draymond because you still got Chris Paul, Clay, Steph. Um, 
but I still wouldn't. I don't know if I would consider either one of them the favorite right. over Denver coming out the West right now. But like I said, it's still a lot to be played out in the season. Um, give me your list of. Uh, I, I like to get play different play people opinions on, especially guys who pay attention to the league. Give me your your top five guys in the league right now. Currently. Yeah, currently. Um, I'm gonna go based off you know just because Katie my player. You know I'm not. I'm gonna go based off. You know, rankings, you know, realistically, I would put obviously Jokic at one. Um, I put Giannis at two. Uh, put Curry at three. I'm me. I'm putting KD at five. I'm not leaving him out my top five. And then maybe I'll throw, you know, either Braun or Luca yeah. at four. At four. Maybe Embiid. Between toss up between those three, yeah, but that's kind of my even, top five. Yeah, I can't I can't knock that at all. I, I still man, you switch up every other week or so. Yeah, depending it, on it how really players do. Playing. And it's almost like yeah, these got all of them are great players, but they still may not be as great in certain areas. Like Jokic is great offensively; he can pass the ball and everything, but he's not the greatest defender. Right. Giannis can defend, but he's not a great shooter. Right. Steph is a sharp shooter, but he's not the greatest defender, even though, you know, he's active on defense, but, you know, he, he doesn't have the size to guard bigger guards or diff, bigger wingmen. So it's just all, like, who you who you prefer. Um, I think, man, given the season that Jokic had, man, I, I mean, I, mean you, I can't argue with that. I probably would have – to me, I probably still have Steph slightly, slightly over Giannis. Um, then I probably put Giannis three, KD, LeBron. Like you said, KD, LeBron, man, Luca. Um, it's a lot of ways you can go. with Yeah, it's a lot of different ways with, with, that you can go with the uh, with these top five guys, man. But um, as as we get ready to wrap this interview up, though, um, what I like to do as far as when I have guests on, you know, when I travel and interview entrepreneurs, I always like to ask, you know. What does self investment mean to you? And definitely want to get your opinion on it because you're a guy. You know, you you play ball at uh, at the collegiate level at the JUCO. Um, didn't go the way you wanted it to, so you stuck with it. Now you're still on your journey of doing doing your own thing. You know, you're playing in the ECBL. Now you have another another opportunity. You know, go play at the, at the collegiate level again. So I love to ask everybody at the end of the Cross Line podcast: Is what does self investment mean to you? Uh, I'm still in the midst of it. You know, it's definitely a great thing to do. You know, build money off your own name. You know, and possibly start your own business, regardless of which way you go. As of me, I'm obviously athlete within the basketball industry, mm -hmm. so definitely. Should consider doing that, you know. Obviously, want to try to, you know, go any other route. You want to build money off your name, you know, make a name for yourself, and you know, see how far you can go with it. Do you, before we wrap it up, do you recommend, you know, the ECBL? Like, if somebody may want to get some more information, and you know, I know me and Dominique, we're gonna do something else later on down the line. But as far as like guys that they see this interview and they want an opportunity, you know, to compete and go against. Some more guys, um, in, in, for an opportunity to play at a higher, at another level, like, what kind of advice would you give those guys that may be watching this interview that want to still compete at an, at the high level? Um, I would say, if not already at the collegiate level, you know, if you're still trying to get there, definitely I would say take a look at the ECBL. Um, but definitely a great look. 
Uh, it's a lot of great competition, you know, great platform, you know, a lot of love and culture, you know, nothing but family over there, but uh, you definitely want to take it to the next level. ECBL is a great look. If you don't have any other options in mind, it's not a bad option, so definitely would consider looking to it. Absolutely. Clee, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how they can find you and continue to support you on your journey? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, you know. I don't really be on Twitter or Snapchat like that, but if you guys want to find me on Instagram, underscore dot zero is where I be at, and then that's where I pretty much be at. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Good luck at the All-Star Game. Congratulations on the League Rookie of the Year nomination as well. And we'll definitely be staying in touch, man, and looking forward to seeing you more on your journey. Thank you oh, yes, again. Sir. Appreciate so it. hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.